Welcome to Faith, Reason, and Geekdom. I'm Roger. And I'm Dusty. My brothers and sisters in Christ join us every Thursday as we work out these three perspectives in our everyday lives. Today, we're going to be discussing the mysterious Loretto Chapel Spiral Staircase located in Santa Fe, New Mexico. What will we find? What shocking revelations will it reveal on the ninth day of a novena from a group of nuns all the way from Kentucky in the late 1800s were visited by a strange and wandering carpenter with the bishop's permission, built a puzzling spiral staircase with a brilliant design dare I say mystical or divine influences? We don't know. That's what we're going to learn today in this episode. But first, let's talk a little bit about the man, the myth, the legend, the great, awesome saint, Saint Joseph. And I'm here joined by, of course, as always, Dusty and father, brother, Brandon Berg. How are you guys doing? Good. I'm doing good. How's uh, father Brandon doing? Yes. Uh, hey, guys, and everybody out there in podcast world. Yeah, I'm. Uh, if you know me, then you know I'm having the best day ever, and uh, life is a blessing. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm interested in the topic, and uh, yeah, ready to get to know Saint Joseph some more. Father Berg, I know you're very excited about Saint Joseph. I think we actually done a podcast maybe last year, or maybe even over a year, where we touched on Saint Joseph. I believe it was a consecration to St. Joseph by Father Calloway. And I've read the book. I did the consecration. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, Father Berg, you also did the consecration as well. Am I correct? Yeah, that's correct. Um, you are correct. There is a book by uh, Father Donald Calloway. Yes. Called uh, Consecration to St. Joseph. Uh, our mystical father? No, our, our something father. I have to look it up. Anyways, it's a fantastic book. It takes uh, the kind of traditional 33 days to go through it, but he gives you the readings. He gives you the prayers. And by the time you're done with it, you are friends with St. Joseph like you've never been before. So highly recommended. Well, I have to I'm raising my hand right here because you didn't include me. I also did the <laughs> consecration along yes. with Kira, the love of my life. And we consecrated our son who is named Gabriel Joseph mm. uh, at the same nice. time. This was right before he was born. An interesting footnote, you know, I always see miracles in my life. Outside, we were in Los Angeles uh, living in a townhome. And suddenly outside, after we had consecrated, uh, we have a picture somewhere. There grew a, uh, a very special plant. Does anybody know what the plant is called that St. Joseph is um, identified with? Ooh. A lily. The lily, mm. yes. The white lily. So yeah. all of a sudden, a white lily grew nice. in this Incredible. little piece of land that was inside of our patio. It was just this little it. piece of dirt. And for some reason, out of nowhere, <laughs> popped up this beautiful lily, just a single lily. No way. <laughs> I kid you not. We have, wow. we have pictures and we have uh, witnesses who saw it. It was miraculous. And the miracles don't stop there, by the way. When we get into this Loretto Chapel story, I'm yeah. going to share with you guys what happened with Gabriel Joseph, my one-and-a-half-year-old son, which mm. is pretty amazing. That is a cool story. That's a cool story. You, you told me about it earlier. I, I can't wait for that, too. But a little bit about St. Joseph. 
man, when it comes to humility, if you want to be humble, this is the man. This is the guy. Also, if you want to sanctify your work, I mean, is there any another worker harder than St. Joseph? You'd be hard-pressed to find others. St. Joseph, the patron saint of workers, he's a craftsman. He's a, the leader of his family. And imagine being him when, you know, you say happy wife, happy life, right? Well, yeah. imagine being married to the Blessed Virgin Mary. And imagine uh, you taking care of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, fully God, fully man. That is a man who can get nothing right. Imagine everything that happens. It's like, uh-oh, it, it must be my fault. It can't, it can't be Mary or Jesus. So imagine <laughs> the humility. I need a lot of humility. And um, I try to look to St. Joseph. Speaking of also, like, he doesn't get, he doesn't talk in scripture. You don't see St. Joseph pontificating. He's like, I, St. Joseph, say this or that. He first introduced in Matthew chapter one. And when he is mentioned, when he's first mentioned, it's in accordance with genealogy, and he's called the son of Jacob. That's yes. interesting because that's a kingly claim, the son of David, the lineage. That is a Torah Adam, the law for humanity, passes through St. Joseph. Now, if that doesn't make you perk up and want to pay attention to him, it passes through the line of St. Joseph. That's what Matthew is trying to communicate. Um, am I right about that, Dusty and uh, Father Berg? Well, uh, I'm going to defer to Father Brandon Berg on this one, but I'll tell you yeah. what got my attention. Uh, what got my attention was um, when all of my favorite saints, my like top three, four favorite saints, uh, I found out all had a devotion to St. Mm. Joseph. And and some of them even attributed um, Brother brother Andre Bissett, for example, is one of my favorite yeah. saints. And he attributed all of the healing that he did through the mm. intercession of St. Joseph. So I started paying attention that way. But uh, I know Father Brandon knows a lot more about that king-like king lineage that, yeah. uh, that, that, that came along that we learn about in Scripture. So I'll let him take the floor on yeah. this one. Tell us about that. Is that what Matthew was trying to communicate, like when mentioning him? What is, what is that about? Break it down for us, Father Berg. Uh, it sounds good. I know I've read similar things to what you said, so mm. I'm not going to disagree or try. It's and... not heresy. As, all right, as long as we're not in heresy <laughs> land, there's no. We, we should get an alarm, a heresy alert, as long as we're in good territory. So we're good, right? We at least get the okay. Yeah, it sounded great to me. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I want to I'm gonna ask you something. Um, let, let, let me see if, if you could elaborate on this a little bit, because there are... Uh, there's no set dogma or set tradition, but there are multiple interpretations of when the Blessed Virgin Mary, the angel came to her and Joseph, who is called in, in scripture, the, the righteous man, right? The righteous, the just man, right? The just man. He's going to divorce Mary quietly. Now, there are different interpretations from the church fathers. And one of them I really like. And again, you don't have to subscribe to this, but reverent fear is the re one of the reasons possibly that he was trying to divorce the Virgin Mary. Cause again, it's like, wait, you want me to be married and take care of the child Jesus who is who I'm not worthy. I need to divorce because I'm not worthy. So can you kind of tell us a little bit about that father Berg? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that uh, I do remember about that too. Cause uh, yeah, that was quite uh, shocking and spiritually uh, enlivening for me too. So right. I think in the book he compares it to, uh, you know, the story when uh, Jesus gets on Peter's boat 
and they go out into the water and they have the huge cast of fish, catch of fish. And Peter says, yeah. depart from me, Lord, for, for I'm a sinful yeah, man. Yeah. So it, he compares that same attitude that Joseph right. would have had, like, oh, like I can't stand before the mother of God and, and, and yeah. the Messiah. Like, I got to get away from this. But then, of course, Joseph had another dream, you know, saying, uh, don't run away. So, yeah, it was revealed to Joseph and you know, if you think about holiness, uh, holiness is the most attractive thing. Uh, so Mary being all holy and him being, uh, she being the mother of Christ, immaculate mother. Uh, I think he would have known. I, you know, I like that interpretation. It's fun to ponder on. You can go spiritually deeper into it. Just his awareness of, of how holy, uh, his wife was going to be or or already was and how he knew that he wasn't, uh, up for that but that God would give him those graces that he needed. In biblical times, Jewish marriage customs were um, far different than they are, more stringent than than those that we have today, Um, especially in the the part of the world where they were, marriages were arranged usually by parents and they would, they would sort of draw up a contract uh, and, and immediately that was deemed, you know, binding so all of a sudden, you know, you're Joseph and you hear from Mary that she's, you know, been visited by the angel Gabriel and that she's got this impending pregnancy. And you've got to wonder, like, what is this? <laughs> you know, she's still a virgin uh, who knows no man sexually, uh, supposedly thinking, Joseph, you know, I'm putting myself in his shoes or 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 was there something else? Because. Right after that, right of now. course, Joseph got the uh, the dream where he was mm-hmm. told by the angel, "You're going to be you're you're going to be involved in this story. You're not you're not just going to bow out here. Yeah, buddy. you're not going to get off that easy, buddy. <laughs> yeah, um, you're you're a righteous man, and 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 because you don't want to expose Mary to to disgrace, um, you're going to be the father, and you're going to name this son Jesus. And so um, we were talking about the fact that. There's not a lot of of words or quotes, if any, uh, that we see St. Joseph uh, utter in in Scripture. But we know that he had to have said at least the name Jesus when the baby was buried, because that's what he was told to to do, right? The Jewish law provided that his betrothed um, was going to give birth to the son. And, uh, And he ended up basically... Uh, following the will of God and imagine at any point, as we talk about Joseph and some of the things that took place, if he had not followed the will of God, if you know what, what might've happened, this was all perfectly planned. And, um, and luckily Joseph was a just man. And yes, because he would have these revelations and dreams and he would get these instructions and, and obviously was boosted by the Holy Spirit because think about it. It wasn't all just, you know, a, a great, easy life. I mean, this was a, a series of very hard tests for him and for Mary. Just the idea that they would take off to Egypt yeah. when they when he also got another dream and says, you know, take your son and Mary and go to Egypt, which was, I think, at least 300 miles away. Bar you know, on a, the back of a donkey in the middle of the night, you're leaving, yep. you're, you're leaving your shop, your tools, your everything. And you're just taken off because he's been told, you know, he's, your, your son is going to be hunted, uh, yep. is being hunted and is going to be killed. So 
a lot of this stuff um, is is hard um, through his life. And, and of course, because of the Jewish customs and the other traditions that were being held by, um, by this group of Jews, which was kind of its own little sect, very conservative from what I understand, that Joseph and Mary belonged to, there were even more um, difficulties for them, you know, and 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 so I, I really admire Joseph for that. I really think also that he is a very powerful as a saint. I know terror of demons is what they call him. They call him the terror. That's a of metal demons name. Sure. That's a metal yeah, name. And, the terror and, of and demons, the protector of our church, and yep. all, all kinds of stuff. And I think that you know when we get into the the, the Catholic uh, theology, the catechism of our church. Uh, many people don't know, but Mary is supposed to be the most powerful of all saints. Like I've been told That's that right. you yeah. could combine all the other saints and their powers and, and their, their ability to intercede for us. And if you combine them all, none of them or, or all of them together would not equal the power Hold that Mary has. Yeah. Right. But Joseph to me comes in a close second because yes. I'll tell you what, in my own personal life, He's always shown up for me, always interceded. When people come to me and say, hey, I'm looking for a job, you know, I always tell them, go pray a novena to St. Joseph. And, and inevitably, uh, they come back and they say, hey, thanks for telling me that. Like, that really was amazing. And it's not an ATM machine, right? You know, you, you want to have faith. You want to show up and really uh, have power in your prayer, but know that you have that confidence. I think it was um, um, one of the saints, um, St. Saint Teresa of Avila who wrote extensively, who had also a devotion to St. Joseph and said, you know, give Joseph a chance. And I think when we decided to do this show and kind of concentrate on Joseph, um, because we all have a devotion to him in one sense or another, Brother Brandon, I know that for a little while, at least you lived in Santa Fe. And I think we should segue into this story about the Loretto Chapel and what it has to do with St. Joseph. Yeah. Speaking of the the novena. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about that. In the state of New Mexico, uh, the capital city of New Mexico is Santa Fe, uh, ancient city uh, for the indigenous and also one of the oldest cities in the United States for the presence of the Spanish explorers from the 1500s. Um, yeah, there was a, a group of sisters uh, had moved there from Kentucky and they uh, had a chapel built for them, but then there was no way, the only way to get into the choir loft was uh, a dangerous uh, uh, ladder mm. and they wanted uh, some help to get up there on a regular basis so they prayed a novena to the the holy man we're speaking of saint joseph and uh, that's where the story gets really interesting <laughs> yeah, this is i mean this is you two have and we'll touch on that you guys have actually seen seen it i haven't i have not had the privilege i want to so bad but this is a mystery because i found out that this story was actually featured on unsolved mysteries like one of the creepiest shows the that's so creepy like it just gives me the chills and to hear this story featured on something in the 1990s on unsolved mysteries and there's been other books written about this it's fascinating because there's so many theories there are like some that are way out there like maybe this guy was from the future and he had advanced technology because we'll get into how the staircase it's like kind of um, a head scratcher how they made it 
But then there are some other theories. Okay, well, maybe this is St. Joseph manifesting himself or or possibly an angel. So it's real interesting to get into because the staircase, actually the first architecture, the first architect who built it was actually killed because uh, he was had an affair with with one of the uh, one of the persons of uh, the bishop's nephew i believe and so he got killed and he and he got uh shot and that's why he wasn't able to finish and the loft to get there yeah the nuns were complaining about like we're we wear these long dresses and we can't climb up there yeah like imagine a bunch of nuns like on the ladder like you know trying not to fall off very dang you don't want that right we don't want that mm -hmm. so they they were like what are we gonna do and so they're going around and, and trying to find, and then they start pressing, uh, and I'm sorry, they start praying the nine day novena, but you guys actually seen the actual staircase. Can you guys tell me about that? Because I, I'm extremely jealous. Well, yeah, uh, go ahead, Dusty. You well, I, I, I was going to say, you know, this was a place I know uh, uh, Father Brandon has gone there a few times. I've only been there once, but I looked forward to going for years and I finally went during this past week. And I have to tell you, it's uh, it was a beautiful uh, pilgrimage uh, for us to take. Uh, we took our one and a half year old son with us. And on the way, we decided that we would listen to podcasts about the Loretto Chapel. Some of them, you know, sort of coming up with different theories about what may have happened and yeah. other people who stepped forward in history. Uh, talking about, well, that was my grandfather who built yes. it and so on and so forth. But every one of those theories falls short of actual proof, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, and, and the nuns themselves uh, also had been asking for, you know, proof through, during these years, if anybody can disprove what happened there, because it's nothing short of kind of miraculous, even in, in and of itself, just the physical aspects of the staircase how it's built how uh the engineering you got to remember this is like the eight 1890s yeah, when this was yeah. when when this was built right and since that time uh engineers have tried to uh, make the staircase a little better perhaps a little safer and in doing so by adding uh different railings, things like yeah. railings and brackets to the wall stuff they've actually damaged the staircase a little mm -hmm. bit so this thing in and of itself was was pretty amazing now the story goes that these nuns as you said Roger were 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 desperate because they kept they kept trying to figure out a way you know how are we going to get up to the to the choir loft the the chapel wasn't finished mm -hmm. correctly yeah uh, the engineer the 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 the, the designers didn't, Got didn't appropriate yeah. enough space. It's mm -hmm. really kind of a small chapel, but it is gorgeous. It's amazing. They had something like 20 stone workers from Europe that came in and helped build the chapel. And when you're there standing in the middle of it, you can see the design and the intricacies and the, the stone, the stonework is just amazing in and of itself without the, the miraculous staircase. But yes, yeah, so they get to the point where, you know, people are telling them, well, look, we're going to have to take out several pews to put a staircase yep. or, you know, why don't you guys just put up a ladder and climb up the ladder like every other chapel does. We're 67 years old. You want to say like we're 70. We don't want anybody <laughs> looking up our, 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 our yeah. skirts, you know, as we go <laughs> yeah. up. And so, um, so ultimately, they, the, as you say, and, and you see this, it, it, the place is now a museum. It's, mm -hmm. uh, it's not run by the Catholic church with everything in it is Catholic, very yes. Catholic. Um, they have private weddings and ceremonies there. They make it available for that. 
but the staircase itself is sort of cordoned off and, and being being uh, protected. Uh, and they want to obviously honor it in time. So they don't want anybody stepping on it and so forth. But what is fascinating or what was fascinating to me was when I got there, after listening to podcasts for the four hour drive that we took into the place, because um, I was staying in Colorado at the time, uh, was the, 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 the technical analysis, uh, a description uh, of, yeah. of a, a study that was done by the University of Colorado, um, if I remember correctly, or Colorado State University, a gentleman named uh, Easley uh, Forrest, interestingly enough, Easley, and he's a wood technologist, right? And, the, and, and if you look him up, um, you'll find that he's actually got like an autobiography that he's written. And um, he began, you know, sort of recording pertinent events in his life. But in 1996, he was called in <clears throat> by somebody might have been even the nuns, uh, to the Loretto Chapel to do a study on a wood specimen that was taken from the staircase. Yeah, uh, And it was it was basically a, a, a little uh, botanical specimen of the wood, which was taken from the uh, upper inner stringer of the Loretto Chapel staircase. And when they did this study, which, by the way, took a long time. I can't, yeah. cannot remember how long it was, but it was at least uh, wasn't months. Quick. Yeah, it wasn't quick. It was a 15-month study, now that I remember. It was a 1996 15-month study, and the wood analysis that was done by Forrest and Easley, they decided and concluded that the wood of the staircase is of an unknown origin. Okay, It's a spruce species, but a subspecies like no other that they had seen. And so at the end, um, what I really liked at the very bottom of the study was that they suggested a new scientific name for it. Um, and, they, and the scientific name was Panacea Pasea Josephi. Okay. Easy um, name. Easy yeah. name to say. <laughs> and, and, and the common name, which they suggested, would be to call it the Loretto Spruce. So Makes there's sense. no other wood in the area, right? Now, the story goes that the nuns had prayed a nine-day novena. Yes which we Catholics know well. These nine-day novenas are very powerful prayers that we devote nine days to yes. praying, contemplation, very spiritual. If you've never prayed a novena, we invite you to. There's They come in all Definitely. different flavors and sizes. They're <laughs> and, like ice cream. <laughs> they're amazing, though. I mean, but seriously, yeah, it's one are. of the beautiful things of our faith. We have so many tools to Truly. draw upon, right? Um, in, in our hospital of, of a church, uh, when we have needs, when we have pains when we have things that we need to pray novenas for others or for ourselves we have them uh and and definitely the nuns went to that tool and show uh, the person who shows up on the ninth day of that novena was a gentleman who was accompanied by interestingly a a a, a, a donkey right which is an animal that is associated with saint joseph and he says i'm looking for work and uh, and they said oh well what are you what's your trade he says i'm a carpenter and he says, oh, well, we need, a, a, interestingly, we need a staircase built. And we've yeah. been praying for somebody to show up. So he starts building this staircase. The only thing that he has with him, according to legend, uh, is the uh, a hammer, a saw, and, and a, uh, a right angle you know, tool. Uh, and, and then he asked them, from what I heard there, for some, some barrels where he could dip wood in water, yeah. presumably to let it soak so that he could bend it and so forth. 
When you go see the staircase, which this gentleman then built over a series of time, I can't remember how long it was, but it was it was a little while. Um, and he would just kind of stay out of people's way. Apparently, when the uh, when the when the when the nuns would come in to pray at the chapel, he would kind of just leave them be and disappear for a little bit and come back. He mostly worked by himself. Um, they had 33 steps, yeah. uh, which was the yeah, number of years that Jesus was, yeah. was alive on earth. And yeah. the, the interesting thing also is there are no nails used yes. on the No staircase. screws or nails. No screws or nails, right? Yeah. So no screws or nails are really, used. really fascinating. Now, the guy finishes, right? They go looking for him, and he's gone. He doesn't even get paid for the work that he did. And so then... It's the uh, the church's uh, judgment, uh, the nuns for sure, that this exceptional craftsman was probably St. Joseph himself. And um, what's cool about this story for me is here we have my son, one and a half year old, Gabriel Joseph. And if you've ever had a toddler, you know that toddlers are, you turn away for one second, they're running yeah. and they're exploring their new world and just take off, right? So we walk in, to the Loretto Chapel, to the lobby where you pay, you got to pay five bucks to go in because it's a museum now. And that pays obviously for the upkeep and so forth. And we turn our backs for a second and we're talking to the to the person running the museum and Joseph is gone. Like Gabriel Joseph is in the, in the chapel and he's yelling, daddy, daddy, daddy. And I captured this moment. I took pictures. Maybe I'll even put them up online so people can see them. Uh, I'll put up a folder or something so you guys can check them out. We'll put it in our in our podcast footnotes. But he's pointing up at the staircase that he's made his way to, right? He could have run anywhere in the chapel, but he's turned left as you go in and goes right to the staircase, starts pointing up, daddy, 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 excitedly. And I go in there and, and I'm looking at him and he starts to try to run up the staircase. He's so excited. And I'm looking at this and I'm going, what in the world? There's two men that are sitting there inside the chapel. And they're looking at me and I'm looking at them. And they're going, what is this little kid so excited about? Yeah. And he tries then three different ways through three different entry points to get on the stairs. At one point, he's like three steps up and Kira grabs oh, really? his mother and, and pulls him off the staircase. And um, and it was just the most amazing, <laughs> beautiful experience. And he tried again two more other times to get up there. Trying to fake out all the security guards. Yeah, yeah. Him out like a football player. And, and then yeah. the, the museum, uh, the, 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 the docent who's, who's there says, what's going on? And so I, I shared with him. I said, well, you know what's interesting? I said is our son was consecrated to Joseph. His name is Gabriel Joseph. And we all have a great devotion to him. And he says, I've never seen a kid react that way to this staircase so we thought it was just beautiful and magical yeah. a real special treat for us especially during a time when god has really been carrying this family through a lot of tumult and, and difficulty um so we we loved it we we absolutely got a lot out of it especially the way people who were in the chapel at the time also reacted to his reaction yeah so so it was really beautiful the stairway is constructed this like we said the spruce species yeah the 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 work is marvelous it's fantastic yeah. it's obviously whoever whoever did built it is is an amazing craftsman oh thanks dusty yeah thanks for sharing that story that's cool yeah kids 
definitely uh, are often more in touch with things than we are so <laughs> yes yes um yeah it is uh it's beautiful the the chapel is beautiful itself even if it didn't have the staircase built by the the virgin father of the lord it would still be impressive but uh yeah it's uh it's a little place you know it's it's not much uh but it's gorgeous you know it, it's old so it's stained glass windows and it's marble altars and it's statues and then yeah you you look to the back to get up to the choir loft and there's this uh like a corkscrew mm-hmm. it's like a big giant corkscrew you know today in texas they they would just make it out of metal you know and it would be like a metal staircase and it would just have a pole in the middle but this is like wood and there's nothing in the middle <laughs> right there's no 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 structure so, to hold it up it's yeah, yeah. it's a standstill like, yeah, stand uh, no columns no nothing yeah yeah like a double helix but not a double it's just like a helix yeah, and it's right. uh yeah so a, a little uh i can see why they did it but uh <laughs> supposedly it was built without uh yeah. handrails so someone yes. else came and added handrails later Yes. Um, but without yeah, the, that, it, 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 it must have looked like it was just floating. Like, yeah, it's just uh, that's how it looks. It, it's beautiful. It, uh, you, the kind of the some of the part you can see the best is like the bottom side as it spirals up. And it's just this beautiful kind of like a uh, uh, wood grain color that you can see. Mm-hmm. And then just yeah, it, it's just a it's a work of art. Yeah, it's completely gorgeous. And yeah, I've sat and looked at it a number of times for at least a half hour on a couple of those occasions and prayed and it's, it's inspiring and it's beautiful. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned how it's set up because apparently when they first built it, it did not have the handrails like you mentioned. And and when you would start to climb up it, it would sort of spring naturally up and down a little bit on your weight. Right. So the nuns got a little bit scared. They added the handrails, but then later, (laughs) like much later, maybe even, in the last 20, 30 years, they added, um, they added the, uh, this bracket that kind of holds it against the wall. And when they mm-hmm. did that, that natural springing actually ended up kind of damaging the staircase a little bit. So now they don't let anybody on it, but it's, uh, it's, fa- it's fascinating, uh, in and of itself. Postmodernist should have left it alone. <laughs> they should have yeah, left it the way like, it was. It, it, but it's, it, it's a testament to Definitely. how unusual it was um you know designed and built and um and 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 of course you know now people like myself uh take pilgrimages to the site uh, i know i've had cousins and other people who've gone there as well to to look at this amazing beautiful uh site that that exists today that is a that has got so much history and culture don't don't tell anybody in Texas, but uh, New Mexico New Mexico is actually my favorite state. Oh, I'll, I'll edit this out. I'll cut it out. I'm just playing. I'll cut it all out. So it won't, it won't I love air. Texas too. I love Texas too. But good, yeah, good. there's something special about New Mexico. It's it's a drier climate. Uh, it's an ancient climate. Um, there's just such a mix of indigenous and Spanish. Oh yeah. And one block from the from the so the the Loreto Chapel is like one block from the Basilica of St. Francis. And then one block from there is like the downtown square. Santa Fe is an old city. So it has like a a plaza in the middle of the city. And on one of those, uh, I think it's the Northern uh, wall, not a wall, the war, the Northern section of the plaza, 
there's like an overhang of a building and all the natives come and sell their artworks there and their different jewelry and crafts and arts and things. Kind of your like transient Southwest hippie people will come through town. Yeah. Uh, you have Santa oh. Fe is also like a, somewhat of a wealthy city. So a lot of people who live there are wealthy. Some of the art galleries, the things are very expensive and high class. And now the transient, you talked about the people transient. Now that's what one of the things that's amazing. It's like um, this man appeared to the nuns and built this, like, like Dusty was saying earlier with, with almost next to nothing and it's just almost just him by himself i was like i was listening to Charles, i was like you know what maybe that's one of my cousins or something because i know some that were like hey, hey i'll build this for you and no mas give me 50 dollars and un six pack un six pack no mas de vola de vola like that so i was like man it kind of sounds like i don't know maybe i'm related to to this person but uh there are some people that so what are your theories though because there is i did hear a theory this is far out there but I did. I just wanted to get y'all's thoughts on it real quick. There, there was a far out theory that I heard that uh, this wandering man was was trapped. That he's actually like from the future, so he had like knowledge of like modern technology. Because oh, wow. now we can do something like this. This staircase. Uh, now we can replicate something like this. So like in you know the next thirty years, and how was he in the eighteen hundreds? And maybe this guy knew some knowledge of that. What do you? I know that's far out there, but what do y'all think about that uh, theory? I don't like it as much. It doesn't. Uh, <laughs> You're like, I don't like it. Doesn't it. feel as natural as it sounds pretty, pretty cool though. Told, you know, yeah. Um, and and not only that, but I think um, it does sound pretty cool. It's a great little movie. I know they actually like made a Kung movie Fu? about this for like they a sell future it at the, Kung Fu or something. <laughs> well, they they sell they sell a movie called The Staircase, yes. which stars uh, in the '90s. Yeah, which stars like some big CBS stars, including the guy who was on uh, William Will Willem. Uh, I can't remember his last name, but he was the guy of um, uh, that that detective show where they solve crimes with microscopes oh, yeah. and uh, CSI. CSI, yes, yeah. the star of CSI, um, uh, wow. <laughs> who's one of my favorite actors. I really like him. He, he's from Chicago. It'll hit me yeah. in a second. Uh, Willem Peterson. It's a William big TV movie, yes. yeah. The yes. staircase. William Peterson was in that, yeah. And uh, and so you know, uh, I don't know if he played Joseph or not, but uh, there there's definitely been some attention paid to this to this to this place. But you know, going back to to talking about Saint Joseph himself, which I think you know we we decided we wanted to do this this show about him. It's interesting that um, the, the 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 Bible is built in such a way that's beautiful when you start to realize these things about your faith. There's sort of a prefigurement of mm -hmm. Joseph, right? In yeah. the Old Testament. There's the Old Testament Joseph, who we know is the one with the technicolor green coat, and whose brothers hated mm -hmm. him and so forth. And then we've got the New Testament uh, Joseph, which is the father of Jesus. Both of these figures actually share some things in common. Well, they both um, guarded the bread, the bread. That's interesting. You well, think about yeah, it. Uh, uh, Joseph, the, the Old Testament Joseph was put in a position mm -hmm. uh, of, of importance in his life where he got to uh, basically oversee and ration um, the, the, the wheat right mm -hmm. in, in Egypt because he had a dream, almost yep. like future Joseph has dreams. Old Joseph, Old Testament Joseph also had dreams and and he saw that there was a famine coming. So he talked to the Pharaoh and said, hey, we got to ration, you know, the wheat because we yeah. got to take care of the bread because when this famine comes, we'll be able to, to help mm -hmm. people. And sure enough, he was able to, to save right, um, right. Egypt, the, 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 the people of Egypt and so forth. 
So, and then future Joseph, New Testament Joseph, is able to save humanity by by taking care of the, the bread person, of life, the bread of yeah. life, right? Christ. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And and so uh, there's a lot of really mystical, beautiful things like this. When you're studying to become a priest, do you guys spend much time talking about these types of concepts, prefigurement, and so forth, Father Brandon? Uh, definitely. Yeah, that's one of the main. Uh, so yeah, the, the 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 hit you with the fancy word. The word is hermeneutics. Mm. Oh. It just basically yeah. means interpretation. Mm. So how are we going to interpret the Bible? And one of the main hermeneutical tools is uh, there's actually good good information about it in the Catechism. It's mm -hmm. the, it's called typology. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, where the Old Testament uh, is fulfilled in the New Testament, mm -hmm. and then uh, also gives a fuller picture of it. So. Yeah, we, you know, we don't, uh, there's so many of them <laughs> that you couldn't yeah. spend a particular time on, on all of them, but yeah. we sort of more learn the tool about how to apply that to different situations that you want to know about. Yeah, there's like, Mar like, there's the one, there's the one about Mary, of course, being the new Eve, you know, there's that uh, oh, yeah, typology and all of that. And then you see uh, Jesus, of course, being the new Adam, too. So there's so many and uh, there's so and then also the new David prefigured. Like, well, who was it that said you it was a Saint Jerome uh, that said it, it, being ignorance of, of scriptures, ignorance of Christ or the Old Testament, something That's like right. that. Yeah. So it you cannot you can't understand the New Testament at all without understanding the Old Testament. So. Seeing Joseph, again, that's crazy. The wheat, the bread, guarded. He guarded it. He was in charge of it. And then God, God who came in, in, in human flesh, was guarded by St. Joseph, and he's the bread of life. So I definitely see that. I know some people are like, oh, you Catholics, you're always doing that. You know, I was talking to one guy one time, and he was like, oh, you're, you're just doing the, the church fathers. They're just making up this fanciful thing about Mary being the new Eve and Mary being the Ark of the Covenant. So, But no, it's very important. I'm, I'm glad that the catechism uh, speaks to this because it's very important and 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 i'm glad that you guys uh when preparing for priesthood talk about these things um father i i really am curious also as to favorite uh story or prefigurement that you like that you're familiar with in in the gospels um yeah well great question um yeah i just want to say real quick too, put a little plug for like uh Kind of the the last uh, Catholic author to really popularize a lot of this was uh, Scott Hahn. Mm. And a lot of his books are, yeah. are simple, but they're very deep on, you know, he loves these little puns. So he'll throw in like yeah. an Old Testament pun and relate it to the New Testament thing. And the, the new guy is, uh, he's not new, but uh, Brant Petrie. Petrie, yeah. P-I-T-R-E. And he's got, uh, he's doing a whole uh, series of books on like uh, Jesus and the, uh, Jewish roots of the Eucharist and like uh, uh, Mary and the Jewish roots of the new Ark, mm -hmm. And he's just got some of the most fascinating uh, and I find most approachable stuff that's out there right now. But uh, actually the one that I just did the most looking into that's uh, that comes to mind is uh, Mary as the uh, new Ark of the covenant. Yeah. Mm. And there yeah. are like five. Uh, I'm not going to be able to remember them. I, I don't have it at my fingertips or my, or my lips, but uh, there's like five like really big, obvious 
things that relate to Mary being the Ark of the New Covenant yeah. uh, when you look at them. And the, and they're not that complicated. I mean, it does help to have someone point them out to you. But yeah. And speaking of the Old Testament and our tradition and what tradition teaches us and in the scripture, now in the Old Testament, you see a lot of angels being sent, whether it's Sodom or Gomorrah or any other ones. So what about the theory that this person was actually not St. Joseph, but was actually an angel sent from God? What do you guys think about that? Well, I guess anything is possible, right? Um, we we have no real uh, proof either way. I think um, where I fall in it is that it's just so poetic that it might be Saint Joseph that I that I keep falling into the uh, in, in, into the favor that that the story tells us that that this was you know the the patriarch um, the the patron saint of carpenters who showed up himself to answer the prayers of these sisters. Um, I really like that version of it. So that's, that's my take on it. I don't know. I guess it now, could be. Now there was uh different people that came forward and one of them was an immigrant carpenter named um, John Hadwiger or Jonah, sorry, Jonah Hadwiger. Uh, and they said that he was the one who built the chapel that he had like pictures of the spiral chapel. He had the tools. Interesting. Yeah, it was actually they, his nephew yeah. who came or, or somebody in his family, a generation it was his, or two later. It was his, um, yeah. Grandson it was a, who came forward. Yeah. It was yeah. a family legend or whatever, but interesting enough, all that stuff, all the evidence so-called it, it all vanished. It all, yeah. It, <laughs> it all, all not only vanished, but it, even yeah. the stuff that they could find wasn't, yeah. uh, like it wasn't provable that you could like, for example, uh, date it accordingly yeah. and, and so forth. So yeah. it all kind of fell apart, but, but, you know, I mean, again, faith is what it is, right? It's faith. And, um, and it's a beautiful story. Who knows? I, I, I wish we could take a trip back in time and see this guy who showed up, what he looked like. He tried to stay out of everybody's way. It was a very meek and humble guy. Uh, he didn't even take payment for what he did, which is kind of interesting. You know, that that's uh, why would anybody go through so much labor and so much difficulty to put something like this up and then just walk away as a gift? It seems seems unfathomable to me. Yeah. Now, there is one. Uh, there's one more that's a, that has stronger evidence. And uh, this guy's name, he was uh, actually a, also an immigrant. I think he grew up in, in France. His, his name was Francis Jean Rochus, and he had passed away. Uh, so many years before so it wasn't like anybody it wasn't like somebody coming forward but in his obituary what they have it's actually the, the first public record of anyone making a claim um inside the letter it talked about how his death about the, the roundabout town town column and in that letter announcing mr rocha's death from Lux Cruces, it said that he had died then on, it's kind of like obituary. It said that he was a Frenchman. He was known for uh, building the beautiful staircase and the Loretto chapel. Uh, and that was the only public statement. Now, again, of course, it's a claim that mm -hmm. this newspaper is making and it was published, um, you know, around that time. And the man would have been, Mr. Rocha would have been about 37 years old when they did the math. So when he built it, he would have been a young guy. And uh, other people have, have said they also helped build it, but the, the Mr. Rocha one is, is probably the strongest evidence, uh, if it's going to be anybody, because a bunch of people come forward. They're kind of dismissed. Um, this Frenchman is the because also speaking of Frenchmen, the style is, is also has a lot of 
French influence in the architecture. So when when they found out that Mr. Frank is what they called him, when they found out that that he was French, they kind of put two and two together and say, well, this Frank Rocha guy, this is probably the, the strongest evidence that uh, that this might be the guy who actually constructed the 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 Loretto Chapel. Uh, but we're going to leave you guys, the audience, to decide well, what the it is. first thing I like. would ask is, where did you get the wood, sir? Because this, when it was studied, this this wood was uh, under analysis. There was no other spruce that has square-shaped, structured cells. Okay, so the question would be, if you were the person who built this, where did you get the wood? Yeah. Okay. I think one of them was that they got it uh, imported that's why he he didn't need to like use screws and and nails because everything was pre-cut in France or um from another country and, and brought in and again this is just uh from some what a one of the people that that were reporting mm -hmm. and I think her her name is is Mary Camp and and she wrote like a book about that and she's trying to find out what it is but they do have records of 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 what do you call it like um material being built in other countries and they usually pre-cut them especially the french style so if if this was the case it would be that but i do want to say one thing though one okay. thing let's say it is this guy mr rochot right okay. frank as what they call him if it is him i don't think that diminishes the miracle of the nine day novena on the ninth day that these wonderful faithful nuns prayed to me that still is a miracle even let's say again argument's sake it was him mm -hmm. that's kind of like when people said um the big bang theory or well whatever it's called like when they say oh we came from this or came from that and they're like oh that proves there's no god i'm like no actually that doesn't at all like that doesn't prove anything about that can't be god god uses the big bang theory he uses genetics so if if this is true that that frank uh rocha was the one that still doesn't take away from the miracle of God using people. So that's that's, that's kind of what I want to lay out and just in case. But again, there are many different theories, and this is an incredible topic. And I highly advise you guys going to see. Do do what I say, not what I do, because I haven't gone, but do what I say. <laughs> but you want to go. You really want to go. go. I have the, yes, the desire to go. Yes. Yes. Awesome, awesome show today, guys. Thank you so much for uh, for hanging with us. Uh, in the show notes, I will put a link to some photos that we took of the chapel. And also, I was able Beautiful. to find a copy of the scientific report uh, from Mr. Forrest Easley, the wood technologist from the Colorado State University, who in 1996 did the study of the wood. So in case you're interested Perfect. in looking at that, uh, we will have that in our show notes as well. It's a uh, very uh, wonderful to have miraculous um, religious-based um, opportunities yeah. like this to talk about. So I, I'm really thankful for today's podcast. Thank you guys for being with yeah. us. Yeah, thank you guys. Good to talk about St. Joseph with you guys. All right, this has been Faith, the Reason, and Geekdom. Please, would you subscribe on Apple or Spotify, wherever you find podcasts. Please share it with your friend. We would greatly, greatly appreciate it. Hit a five-star, leave a rating. This has been Faith, Reason, and Geekdom. I am Roger. And I'm Dusty. Yes, thanks for having me, guys. Good to be on your show. Thank you All for right. being with us. Good night. God Good love night. you.